Welcome to the podcast for St. John Evangelical Lutheran Church and School Sherman Center that's in Random Lake, Wisconsin, north of Milwaukee and south of Sheboygan. We're pleased to share with you recent sermons and Bible classes from our congregation. We welcome you to join us for Divine Service Sundays at 9.30 a.m. and Wednesdays at 7 p.m. We have Bible classes currently offered at 8.15 a.m. on Sunday. Join us to receive the Lord's Word and His gifts. The Old Testament reading for the first Sunday in Advent is from Jeremiah chapter 23. Behold, the days are coming, declares the Lord, when I will raise up for David a righteous branch, and he shall reign as king and deal wisely, and shall execute justice and righteousness in the land. In his days Judah will be saved, and Israel will dwell securely. And this is the name by which he will be called, The Lord is our righteousness. Therefore, behold, the days are coming, declares the Lord, when they will no longer say, As the Lord lives, who brought up the people of Israel out of the land of Egypt, But, as the Lord lives, who brought up and led the offspring of the house of Israel out of the north country and out of all the countries where he had driven them, then they shall dwell in their own land. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. This is the name by which he will be called, the Lord, our righteousness. In the name of Jesus, amen. In the beginning, God created you in his image. You had all the characteristics of God. You were upright, truthful, sincere, and honest. You lived according to God's design. You didn't chew each other up with your tongue, nor did you do evil to your neighbor, nor would you take up a reproach against your friend. Psalm 15. You were right with God, justified, reconciled. That is to say, God's righteousness was identical to your righteousness. But when sin came into the world, it brought unrighteousness and with it death. And everyone, even to today, who is born of woman, breathes in this poisoned air and drinks from this polluted well that is the world. Every child acts according to their parents, which is humbling for parents. Their selfishness, their envy, their prideful heart, they inherited from you from birth. That doesn't mean that we don't see moments of greatness or even a kind of righteousness before one another, people doing virtuous and noble deeds having great acts of noble triumph and greatness. But that's not what we're talking about today. Not how right you are before one another, but rather being right enough before God. Now again, the infection of sin has permeated and infected everything and everyone. That means no one can escape the condition. You can't either, and you know this all too well. 
Because, as Paul reminded us today, the works of the flesh are quite evident. All manner of evil, rebellion, and finally our mortality, these are all evident to us every day. Our sin is laid before us. No matter what you do, you just can't seem to do well enough. Now, in response, you might make some excuses. For example, the woman made me do it. I couldn't resist. You made me this way. That is, as a sinner. Or you could try to change the righteousness that God requires, change the standard. Faced with God's perfect rule, you might want to find some way to fudge the math, fix the system, or cheat the eternal lottery and win. Or there's the third possible response. You could just despair. Throw up your hands and exclaim, to hell with it all, I'm damned anyway. You know that the lack of righteousness before God is catastrophic. As we've been hearing these last few weeks, when you stand before the throne on the last day of judgment, how will you be be judged? As Jeremiah said, behold, the days are coming, says the Lord, when I will send a righteous branch to execute justice. And what will the righteous branch, or how will the righteous branch judge you, O Jerusalem? You see, you recognize already that your peril is not in this world looking right before one another, but rather has to do with that day and the life to come. Your fear of judgment is not of what you have done in this world, but what you have failed to do for God, for the next. And here's the blunt reality. All the attempts that you have made to reconcile yourself to God and His holy word, they've all failed, and they will always fail. All of your excuses, they just don't cut it. And even despairing, that's a start, but you could still die despairing. So here's the good news. The not so little secret of your faith is that the whole bet has been already rigged. The system of you trying to make yourself right with God is overruled. The math of all the ways that you try to stack up your righteousness to look as if you have the merit that would earn heaven, all that math is fuzzy now because there's Jesus. And that's how it's been from the beginning anyway. The promise made to Adam The promise repeated to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. The promise, a lopsided covenant, not quid pro quo, is always in your favor. The seed that was promised to your mother, the offspring, is the one who does it all, who rescues, redeems, and saves you and all his people. The righteous branch executes justice against sin, true, and righteousness and the forgiveness of sins. And that's what every faithful parent of old believed. Seth and Noah, Sarah, Isaac and Rebecca, Jacob, Judah, David, Joseph, name them all. They didn't trust in themselves. They couldn't look to themselves. Their lives, as recorded in the scriptures, are not lives of righteousness. Rather, over and over, they trusted that God would be the one to reconcile them and you. To himself in Jesus. 
There's no excuses needed for your unrightness. Only forgiveness received. And the forgiveness then is given to you by Jesus. Not just today, but always. He comes again and again to you with his grace and mercy, his righteousness given to you as a gift. There's no need to despair. There's no need to look to your own works. There's no need to try to make yourself right with God. Simply this, wait with hope. The covenant, the promise, has already been fulfilled, and it's already yours. God has reconciled you to himself as a free gift. And in the midst of these gray and latter days, Christ comes to keep the Lord's promise for you, to save his rebellious Judah, to give security to his idolatrous Jerusalem. Christ comes to give you comfort, security, rest, and peace. He is the true salvation for Judah. He is true safety for Jerusalem. Because all unrighteousness is forgiven and made right again in Jesus. By Jesus' obedience, his righteousness, even death upon the cross, given to you in word and sacrament, you are righteous. Righteous in him. Now again, for the end of the church year, you've been hearing all about Christ returning in judgment. And now as you begin the new church year, you think that we're done with that judgment, but yet we keep speaking of judgment day. Yet with a turn towards the nativity and towards Christmas. But before we arrive at the manger, we should keep Advent, the season that takes us through all the prophetic sayings of Christ. And it even tells us of his passion. Today, hearing the same reading that you'll hear at the beginning of Lent, your Lord riding in on majesty, riding into old Jerusalem to die. And that's maybe the thing that's lost in all the pre-Christmas shuffle, all the manger scenes, the cheery seasonal jingles, the reason for the season. Well, what is that reason for the season? Jesus coming to save you, to make you righteous. Yes, he comes to execute justice against sin, but again, to execute righteousness. That is, to give it to you. Jesus promised to to Mother Eve that he would crush the serpent. Jeremiah tells us today of the coming of a branch, who is also Jesus. The seed that was promised to Eve is the branch that grows up from David, a righteous branch, that is, a branch that comes to pronounce his people righteous. But that means that hanging over the manger scene is a dark cloud, a long shadow that is our Lord's passion and death. Because righteousness doesn't simply come by Christ being born. It comes by him being born to die. It comes by his bloody agony, his innocent suffering and death, his three-day rest in the tomb, his resurrection, and his ascension to the right hand of the Father. Christmas points to the cross, where God made man dies your death to make you righteous. Thus, in Christ's suffering again, your unrighteous relationship to God is healed, and you are recreated, remade, 
in the image of God. In the resurrected flesh of Jesus, peace is made between God and man, over and over, for your sin. See, God came in the flesh to make all flesh right again. God was born as man to recreate man, to restore his creation. And he comes to you today not to simply execute justice as the righteous king, but that you would be made righteous in him. His new Jerusalem, his rescued Judah, the Lord, our righteousness. Thus, you don't need to fear the coming judgment. Not any of you individually or even any of us. Because notice, his name is the Lord, our righteousness. He's the righteousness of the body of believers. It is his righteousness and the forgiveness of sins that unites us, that equalizes us, that levels all the ways we try to play the righteousness game. Because in Christ, we all stand before God equally sinner and equally forgiven. There is neither Jew nor Greek, slave nor free, man nor woman. We have one faith expressed in one baptism for the forgiveness of sins. In Christ, all of our innate desires to elevate ourselves before others, that's put to death. And it's in Christ that we are brought up to God's standard, not we lower God's standard to us. His righteousness is our righteousness. So now as we enter the beginning of a new church year, yes, we look to Christ coming in judgment, entering into our hearts. But we do so now through the babe in the manger, through the cross, towards the last day, when God's promise is made manifest to us face to face, delivered to you just as he said. Because in him you are safe, in him you are secure, in him you are named his own, and thus in him your, his righteousness is your righteousness. He has ransomed you, O captive Israel. He saved you from the depths of hell, so that you are saved in him. Thanks be to Jesus in his holy name. Amen. We thank you for listening to this podcast from St. John Evangelical Lutheran Church Sermon Center in Random Lake, Wisconsin. If this podcast is of benefit to you, please consider supporting the work of St. John by visiting stjohnrandomlake.org, that's stjohnrandomlake.org, slash support, and give today.